0: Hello and welcome to transform. Blah. Welcome. Blah. Hello and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Tighten your grip, Jack. I'm David. <laughs> Terrifying.
1: God, <laughs> uh, it's uh, innuendos.
0: Yeah. and uh, today uh, we are looking at. The third and middle part of Darkness Rising. Darkness Rising Part 3.
2: The darkness is continuing its ascent. Yay, Darkness part Hump Day! Part
0: 3-D. It's Hump Day, because
1: this also aired on a Wednesday, too.
0: It did air on a Wednesday, on uh, yes. December the 1st, 2010.
2: Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. I don't like being reminded of that. Uh, It was written
0: by Marcia Griffin, who wrote a lot for Transformers Animated. In fact, she wrote the last episode of Transformers Animated. So she's back immediately.
1: (laughs) Wait, it did... Oh, the first two aired on the same day? Oh. I think, well, according to the wiki. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. The first two aired November 26th, and then the next parts aired December 1st, 2nd, and
0: 3rd, I think? Maybe there was yeah. a weekend in there or something. Yeah, that's
2: strange. That might explain why I remember it ending at 7 that one mm. time where we couldn't leave until it was over because that's that's how these things work. This new transformer show.
0: All right. So, we begin where this left off. Uh
2: I have a problem. <laughs> oh, what's the, what's the problem? Cat. The, the problem is that I can't not watch the new oh. Transformers show through to its completion during its original airing.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I thought there was some sort of technical issue on your end.
1: Uh, no. Okay. It was it was a Wednesday. Yes. That that is weird. Why did it air Oh.
2: Just a psychological issue. <laughs>
1: Okay, so it aired on a Friday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday... That's... Hub, you were so weird!
0: <laughs> it could happen only on the Hub. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... We we're open right where we left off. Ratchet is reenacting the cat scene from Reanimator with this robot arm thing.
1: Yes. Kind of, yeah, but it doesn't work as well because it's a well-lit room. It's like... In Reanimator, it was fine because it was dark and it was a cheap, crappy cat puppet and, and it was just lights that were weirdly shiny. That was a really weird scene if you think about the lighting because it didn't make sense. Like they had a spotlight and it was a swinging light. It looked, it, it worked
0: I mean, in execution. I mean, it it's, weird. it's Jeffrey Combs with like a cat puppet on his back.
1: Yeah, which <laughs> I, to be up, because of the low lighting, it works because like most of the time when you have like, An actor fighting with a stuffed thing that is supposed to be a real animal. It looks like shit. This kind of looks like shit, but it works because it's dark, A. And B, it's a reanimated zombie cat, so of course it looks scruffy as shit.
2: That's fair. I'd say known quality of reanimated zombie cats. Again, because I know about Zombies.
0: Oh, and before we get too further, uh, we should mention the Japanese theme for Transformers Prime. We haven't heard the full American theme yet, because no. this will get an intro until like the sixth episode. But the Japanese theme is singing about party people.
1: Yeah, th- <laughs> wait, is that the first or the second one? Well, there's there's first there one, three. Because I think, the first one. I think first there might like, be three. Well, yeah, for each season. That, that doesn't
0: make sense. Japan does tend to do it.
1: It's... The tone of the songs is, like, weird, like, not quite rap, I don't think, but...
0: It- <laughs> I mean, it sounds like whoever the Japanese equivalent of Pitbull is, who I guess would be Shiba Inu. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, That's a lot less sure? intimidating. I mean,
1: I th- there is Japanese rap, which is strange and hard to follow, because it's Japanese said even faster, <laughs> but it, it tends to be good. This doesn't seem like good Japanese rap to me.
0: I mean, isn't that what uh, Banana Ice was? I don't remember Banana Ice. I just know a, a couple. He anime did one I've of the Beast Wars themes.
2: Banania? Oh. What?
0: It was All Banana Ice, banania. like like Vanilla Ice, but Banana Ice.
2: No, that's not a thing. <laughs> you can't do that. <sighs>
0: Yeah, oh, so it was uh, the, uh, the theme song for the Japanese Devil Beast Wars, War, War, Stop It.
2: God, I remember that. <sighs> Why? <laughs> Why?
0: I mean, war is bad. You should obviously stop it. <laughs> mm.
2: Beasties. Okay. Anyway, this theme, this Japanese to theme is totally
0: moment. not of a tone with the rest of the show, which I assume. I mean, I know the Japanese no. dub kind of made, made it a little more jokey. Well, that's what they usually do. Which, but there,
1: there are no party. There are, the are
0: there are there are no party people to be found on this show.
2: I mean, Miko. Um,
0: well, yeah, Have, true. have you we'll seen Miko?
2: That.
0: <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> that's just a person, though. She's not party people. She's just a party person.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Maybe a 24-hour party person.
2: (laughs) But just the one. Just a party individual.
0: So, anyway, you know, something's making sort of, like, skittering noises, and Ratchet is all, uh, Optimus, is that you? Like, no? (laughs) He's like a giant truck robot. He's not making weird bug noises.
2: Well, you know, maybe he likes to joke around. That's totally a thing that Optimus Prime is known for. It's joking around
0: it's it's like it's like Captain Holt joking around on brooklyn nine nine <laughs> anyway, so he fights this thing. Prime ends up stepping on it, and so now they figured, oh yeah, this uh dark energy on probably makes things it probably like brings things to life and also they become evil, so uh there's that mystery solved. <laughs>
2: Good time. The end.
0: Yep. So back at the Decepticon base, uh, Megatron is full of dark energon and pure, undiluted crazy.
2: Yes, Ooh. he's so crazy.
0: He like he is just high as balls, right? Now.
2: <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty accurate. It's
0: just and indeed, been it's-
2: hitting the dark energon pretty hard.
0: And indeed, once he leaves, Starscream suspects that he has come down with with space madness.
1: Yay! Yay, space madness. madness, madness.
0: (laughs) And as we all know, that is no excuse for space
1: rudeness. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's... Yeah, he's space mad, because Megatron's eyes are kind of like wall eyes, almost. They're... He's a demon fish. (laughs) Having him be crazy makes sense, and Oh, I can understand, I think, why, um the band that sung the first opening theme song, Big Bang, isn't, doesn't have any information on the wiki. Cause apparently there's at least three other bands named Big Bang listed on regular Wikipedia, not including the Japanese one.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, not a big surprise. That's a pretty obvious band name. Well. Yeah. Ugh.
0: So he takes off. He leaves Starscream in charge, and Starscream kind of, you know, like, "Hey, Soundwave, maybe Star- maybe Megatron's gone a little nutty. Maybe you want to help me out here." But instead, Soundwave just replays back Megatron's last orders because Soundwave is super creepy.
2: He is.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I like that. Like, I, I noticed in this episode that when Soundwave plays back something, there's a little bit of his old vocoder noise in there.
0: Yes. It's I just got a bit of the, like, s- distortion there. Yeah, mm. pretty much
1: just, like, at the end of sentences, it's more noticeable. Oh, and I'm... Okay, maybe it is listed on Wikipedia. It's, there is a band called Big Bang from Korea that has a song called Feeling that might be... It's listed as a Japanese version, so it might be them?
0: I'm pretty sure that is it. Okay. But I guess
1: that, that's why it's even extra weird. <laughs> all right, then because it's a K-pop band singing in Japanese, and although that kind of makes sense, why it's stuck on a random TV show? They're probably trying to promote the band in
0: Japan, and they do that with anime all the damn time. Just, I I didn't know it also extended to K-pop though.
1: I well, K-pop breaks into Japan every once in a while. Like, well, like here, you know, outside groups sometimes get hit singles.
0: Right, I just assumed there was like a fierce K-pop J-pop rivalry.
2: <laughs> Is there a fierce
0: there... K-pop J-pop rivalry? It feels like there should be.
2: I mean, I I, there... I would assume, but I don't know.
1: Presumably, but fan bleed over, it, it happens. Hmm. Or the wars are just mostly dancing, not quite mosh pits with glowing sticks.
0: <laughs> Imagine there's a lot of battle rave.
2: Yes. Yeah. Probably. It's my favorite kind of raves. I don't party.
0: So, anyway, Optimus has... We get we go back to the Autobot base. Optimus realizes that, you know, Megatron is probably going to want to create, like, an army of zombies. And for that, he's going to need a whole lot of corpses. And it just so happens that I know where he's going to find a bunch of corpses.
2: Hmm, where do I know that has a bunch of corpses, Prime thinks Yeah, and,
1: and he goes to leave and brings Ratchet with him. Not mentioning, oh, I know where there's a pile of corpses. He doesn't say that out loud. It's like Ratchet's just kind of along for the ride. It's like, there aren't dozens and thousands and hundreds of dead Transformers on this planet, but there are.
2: As it turns out, yes, there are. One time you should speechify
1: a bit, Optimus. (laughs) (laughs) Explaining, well, exposition dump about. Okay, I guess the expedition of would probably be millions a- of years before, ago. Yeah,
0: the Autobots and Decepticons waged a fierce battle upon this very planet.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah probably his best he skipped the speechify. V-
0: Visuals come on, are Cullen, enough. speed it up. We got an episode to do here. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's. I mean, that's what he's being paid to do. Speechify. <laughs> oh, and, and also, I guess
0: Ratchet hasn't been in action since like the war, so RC's all. Ah, uh, that's, that's probably not a good idea, and you can still hear her.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, and um, where is it that it happens? He's, the second I needed that happens. Yes. yes. What, what is he talking about though?
0: Oh, I, just have a I can't remember what it is he needs.
1: It's like, I needed that circle too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, I think they, it was something the-
2: that the little robot destroyed. Yes. Oh.
0: And also, it is here where he is having. I believe it is. Is it here where he's having? No, no. It's never mind. Um, is later on. So, uh, they they leave RC in charge. Miko wonders why Bulkhead is not in charge, even though he is uh, the biggest and the strongest. <laughs> uh, but the, he just says they they never pick me.
2: As it Aww. turns out, for good reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, all of them end up being like a bunch of unruly teenagers, but. But yeah, also Bulkhead particularly is not good at responsibility.
0: Yeah. Well, which is too bad because immediately, uh, RC leaves with Bumblebee to go out on patrol. And so Bulkhead gets Uncle Bucked into service.
1: Yay, field promotions. (laughs) Oh, we we did, we didn't mention like when they were coming in the, the each Autobot had a small child to bring to the base because Saturday babysit. (laughs) Well, oh, oh no, do we? Oh, at the beginning of the episode also was like them playing in the car and something. And the line I yes, had at the beginning, uh, tighten your grip on me, Jack. R.C. says to him as they're wheeling down the road and she's thundering between his legs. Cling tenaciously to my
0: buttocks, Jack.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Raph is playing a racing game inside Bumblebee with Bumblebee. Yeah,
0: I yes. guess against was- Bumblebee, which is kind not fair confused. because he's had more uh Driving time. experience. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, and
0: Miko was just making Bulkhead, like, drive down a mountain.
1: <laughs> yes. Today we face a series of challenges. Just plummeting down a steep hill. Anyway, so, so they're there, and, and when they get in there and transform, Bulkhead still has a guitar inside him that Miko left in his back seat. Yes. And then yes. when everybody else leaves, Miko plugs her guitar into an amp and a speaker. How the fuck did the amp and the speaker get there? The Transformers wouldn't have had them already.
0: This is a good question.
2: <laughs> they weren't anything- inside bulkhead.
0: They said <laughs> it used to be a missile silo. Maybe they had a band.
2: I mean, yeah, it could have uh, been, like, for events. Pep rallies. I guess that's the
1: only excuse. Maybe Fowler used to use this to play solos or something. I don't... It It, it just seems odd that there's this giant speaker sitting there. <laughs>
0: That's where my, is where my band, uh, Bill Fowler and the Zedmores used to play. <laughs> we had a couple hits back in the 70s. Uh, so yes, uh, she, she decides that, uh, yeah, she's got the lead guitar, um, Raf is gonna do computer, like, bleeps and bloops. Um, Bulkhead is gonna be percussion, and because Jack plays the harmonica, all he has to do is cover himself in fake blood and scream. <laughs>
2: 'Cause she's not doing any of that harmonica garbage. Yeah, you know, I I like that Bulkhead, you know, they they make him more serious for this show than he was in animated. He's a lot more competent in general, but he still keeps that awkwardness. Yes. And yeah. I really appreciate that.
0: Uh, I I just like that her first order of business is that is to form these random people and one alien robot into a band
2: because apparently this is an old Scooby Doo it? cartoon it's, an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon it's only natural i don't know it's a jabberjaw
1: it seems like a stupid thing stupid teenagers <laughs> would do <laughs> although she, she's going to have to like actually take guitar lessons before she can found baby metal or anything
0: <laughs> and she absolutely would be a member of baby metal yes hmm. and she's going to start a ba- she's going to play a ballad entitled my fist your face
2: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds lovely. Th- that's
1: the only part she's gotten down, naming songs. Just- yes.
0: yes. Well, there's so a guitar write, solo, and there's it's a ballad about punching people in the face.
2: I mean, hmm. that sounds good to me.
0: Uh. So they are about to form the world's worst band, but then here's Fowler again. And they very badly attempt to hide behind Bulkhead... And it immediately fails.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're hiding okay, but then the cord to her, from the amp to her guitar is running behind Bulkhead's foot, and that's kind of suspicious. And Why so Fowler immediately sides themselves- well. Why didn't they just oh, flatten
1: themselves against the wall there? Cause Fowler's like at robot head height up on a platform. I know. He's not going to look straight down at a robot's feet if it's right in front of him.
0: Whatever it is they're doing, it super doesn't work because he immediately decides, well, time to send the three of you to Gitmo. I mean, he says federal custody, but we all know it's like some sort of secret black site prison.
2: He's not good at dealing with kids. No. (laughs) He is is not not... The kids are also not good at excuses.
1: They say they're interns. Yes. I mean, I'm not sure what a good response is, but interns... I mean, there's no good good
0: answer as to why you're hanging out with space robots.
2: Yeah. That's true. Come on.
0: Bulkhead insists... We are baby robots, beep boop. (laughs) Aww. So he just grabs, like, uh, there's like an old landline there, which... Bulkhead very menacing," said, "is out of order, and when he crushes it
2: with his finger, <laughs> yeah, just one finger, just crunch. It's very menacing.
0: Bulkhead's kind of a little; he's a little more menacing in this.
2: Yeah, he definitely well, is, which makes it all the more adorable well,
1: because it's in three D and we could see just how big he is. It's easy for him to be menacing just by being himself, and
2: like well, I, I mean, said, there's... he's just more competent in general.
0: And it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's more deliberate. It's not like, whoops, I, I'm sorry, I accidentally broke your phone. It's like, I'll do to this, I'll do to you what I did to this phone, meat man. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, side note, um, Bulkhead still has a different number of fingers, but he's gotten an extra one. Yes.
0: yes
2: he is up to a total of four digits per hand. Yeah,
0: so I'm now he's the like phone. the thing.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: So. Uh, Fowler just leaves and almost immediately gets intercepted by. Uh, he, he calls in saying, "You know, I'm headed back. Robots were a pain in the ass again. Whatevs." <laughs> Soundwave intercepts, and so S- Soundwave deploys Laserbeak. Who <gasps> is a, I mean, he's like a weird bat-looking drone thing.
2: Yes. Also, he lives on his chest.
1: Lives on his chest, and it doesn't. I'm not. Like about, I guess he's about Viacon intelligence, if that. It, it's just this flying drone thing that doesn't even squawk. It's, it's it weird. makes like
0: a bunch of like com- like sort of noise, like computer noises. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's definitely scary.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: So, and while Fowler's flying away in his chopper, Hilo Huey, whatever the hell it's called now, flying it himself, it's like nobody brought him there. Like you'd think. Somebody would at least be driving. I don't
0: know. I mean, that's how top secret this is. You can only trust one guy to go there.
1: Yeah. Yes, but he's not even flying with like a helmet or um, headset or anything. A, or just, a flight just, suit. Just... In a suit and tie. <laughs> Seems a this odd. actually
0: gets explained away in a later episode.
1: Oh, okay. Um, And Laserbeak, like Laserbeak comes off of Soundwave's chest. And Soundwave is as tall as Starscream, which is pretty big. Bigger than Prime, I think. But somehow Laserbeak is as big as this helicopter. He's freaking huge. I, there's a scale problem there.
0: Yeah, it's a little, little off. And there's a, this is a pretty cool dogfight though, and Fowler puts up a pretty good fight against this thing.
1: I guess I don't know. It, it I was getting flashbacks of the crappy original American Godzilla like helicopters <laughs> I mean, flying it's... around canyons. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, there is flying around canyons, but it's uh, it's not. not it's easier to lose Laserbeak than it is to lose Godzilla. Yeah,
2: yeah. Laserbeak's uh, just this little thing. It it
1: made me. It was very video gamey.
0: It is a little video – I a really nice <sighs> score in this scene, though. Very uh, very yeah. exciting. Yeah. But indeed, Laserbeak just ends up slicing the tail right off the helicopter, and uh capturing him before he can plunge to his doom.
1: Yeah, well, you, you you see, you left out the important part of the capturing with his Dr. Octopus tentacles.
0: Yes. Yes. And also we get to uh, sort of, what is sort of uh, Fowler's catchphrase, his weird America-themed turns of phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because that thing shows up and he's all, what an Uncle Sam's beard is this? (laughs) Uh, That was a good one. Uh, Later on, he tells Starscream to eat his star-spangled shorts.
2: Yes. (laughs) Don't know if that was, you know, literal or figurative.
0: I assume he's wearing literal star-spangled shorts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I think that's probably a reasonable guess.
1: Anyway, right before he gets captured, and right before the helicopter explodes, he pushes a button, sending out a distress signal that Bulkhead manages to just barely catch back at the base. Yes. But with and Bulkhead's all... big fingers, he can't figure out how to trace the call. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I'm just thinking of that uh, that Simpsons episode, your fingers are too fat to use this phone. <laughs>
2: For
0: Fair additional guy. service, please mash the keyboard in frustration
2: just looking at it like, uh...
0: Anyway, it turns out that Bulkhead doesn't really care because, uh, yeah, you know, they, they got Fowler. Well, who cares? He's a jerk. Let him get murdered.
2: Yeah! yeah seriously! Bulk, wow! You're supposed to be the next wow. one.
0: This ain't your Bulkhead.
2: <laughs> apparently. And then Harsh. things
1: get a little weirder.
0: Yeah, as, so, as...
1: Raph figures so apparently- out... A-
0: Oh, just it's weird. So apparently, the federal government microchips its agents, uh much as as even as they say in the episode, much like people do with pets. <laughs> yes,
1: this is this is weird on like at least two different levels. Like d- that, Raph is saying this, and and it sounds kind of like a shitty conspiracy theory that apparently turns out to be true, and then he's saying that like Fowler is a pet.
0: Raph, I think that's racist. I mean, they say it's all federal agents, not just the African American
2: ones. Yeah. Yes, it
1: it just like it's such an awkward, weird little scene.
2: (laughs) Also, it's an awkward, weird little scene that Raph is doing, like foreign military level hacking.
0: Oh yeah, he is hacking the Gibson,
2: and uh, Miko accuses
1: him of being two, and he says he's twelve and a half.
2: Yeah. And no, and a quarter.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, quarter, quarter.
2: Oh. He's a cutie.
0: He is like a weird gnome person.
1: Yes, it's. I guess this is something more for Raff to do, being an ultra hacker prodigy child. That's better than him just being a Star Trek communicator to tell us what Bumblebee is saying. Yeah, <laughs> but those two character traits don't add up to a character.
0: Yeah, he's definitely the thinnest of the three human kids.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Jack is very flat because he's your boring protagonist, white He's, the, he's our Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Yeah, he's your Shia He's flat, but okay, he's got his robo-sexual relationship with Arcee. That's something. Miko's Nico, <laughs> nuts and it, and provides entertainment and humor, at least.
0: Like, she is a dangerous person.
2: She, she, yes. yeah, she's
1: very de- I, it's, it's understandable why she is to a danger to, a to herself
2: country. and others
1: yeah I can understand why she was sent away from, from Tokyo although oh that's the thing <laughs> yeah. last episode I forgot like when she said visit her parents in Tokyo it's like oh man, of course she has to live in Tokyo of course not anywhere else in Japan she can't be from Osaka but then I thought well oh I don't think they could pull off an Osaka accent which is weird <laughs>
0: I mean, so, I don't know. Okay. If, I don't know enough about Japanese accents to know if they're pulling off a, Jap- a Tokyo accent here.
1: No, they're not. But at least it makes more sense that that her accent isn't like traditionally Japanesey Japanese. If she's from okay. Tokyo, the like New York of Japan. Well, as New York is as multicultural as Japan gets. That's Tokyo.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Also, I feel like Tokyo being sort of the the center of hip happening culture seems more likely to produce a crazy person like her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Probably hangs around like the really stylish neighborhoods too much.
1: Akihabara and um oh what's the one with the Is that
2: stylish though, or is it just cool if I you're don't, a nerd? I think
1: the stylish one is something that's near. Maybe it's not Akihabara. It's something around there, and I forget the name. The, the fashiony district.
2: Yeah.
0: I I can't con- I can't contribute here. I know one person lives in Japan, and they live in they live in Hokkaido.
1: <laughs> oh, Hoka- oh, the nice cold place with with all the Ainu and, and lots of crab
2: and monkeys. Mm. Monkey. Ooh. Oh
1: yeah, I guess they got monkeys too.
2: I like what Yeah, monkeys. I told
0: her, you know, oh, well, the monkeys. She had no idea about the monkeys.
1: <laughs> well, I, I guess if you don't go where the monkeys are, or go to the hot springs, it makes sense. I mean, there, there's, um, down in Shikoku, there's deer freaking everywhere, if you go to the right spots.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about how, like, the level of monkeys here. Are they, like, going through your garbage?
1: No, I, I don't think they're, like, trash panda level. I think they're mostly okay. up in the mountains.
0: Okay. I would hope.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not... Uh, yeah. Pests.
0: Yeah, just apes going through your garbage is uh, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they decide that okay, maybe sh- maybe you know you should actually rescue him instead of letting him you know give up your transformer secrets. <laughs> and so Bulkhead reluctantly does it. They they locate him via pet locator hacking.
2: Also, they're like, he he backed down from you so fast. What well, do you think he's going to do with actual Decepticons?
1: That is actually pretty clever. Yes. Yeah, it's a good point. It's wrong, but it's a good point. Yes.
0: So now, now it is Jack who is in charge, and Bulkhead bridges out, and unfortunately- <laughs> The
1: chain of command just falls further and further.
0: Yep. Yes. I'm pretty soon it's gonna be, you're in charge, crushed mechanical arm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there, they're like a bunch of unruly teenagers. It's just like, you're in charge. Uh, I'm going out, you're in charge. It's like, that's not, that's not what you were put in charge to do. Uh,
0: because indeed, Miko has stowed away because of course she stowed away.
2: Yes, because she is the sprytle. Of That's show. What she does.
0: Yeah. And she did not actually stow away inside bulkhead, which I initially thought.
1: <laughs> well, there's
0: all that room. possible, but, you know. I mean, there's enough room for a guitar, and, you know, she's pretty slender.
2: Yeah, mm. she's just a little yeah, thing. She's
0: ridiculously skinny. Aww. But no, indeed, she has followed him. She quickly becomes a target. He grapples with a vehicle, tells her to look away. She does not look away. And he just... <laughs> tears this viacons robot guts out yeah
2: when i when this first aired though that thing with him telling her to look away was sort of like the moment that the show sort of clicked for me like you know this these characters are meaningful and have like feelings and stuff and the thing is and and of course she's gonna keep looking because for one thing it's not even it's robot gore it it's this exactly the reason why they make robots the enemies in these things (laughs) but he doesn't think that way and he's just like it it, i'm just impressed that the writers thought of that and, and that really kind of sold me on the show
1: yeah, same. Like, th- that, that, like, I wasn't really enjoying the show up until this point. It was like, but, but that scene has like, emotions and things going on. And okay, it lacks actual blood gore. It's pulling out wires, but it's bulkhead still has his soft, squishy bulkhead inside the slightly tougher bulkhead that he is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is like a soldier, unlike, uh, space bridge repairman bulkhead.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Like, this is not the first guy he has eviscerated.
2: (laughs) Yes. And I guess that's the nice thing is that, you know, they kept the awkwardness and he just comes off as someone who is good at, like, fighting and not good at people. Mm -hmm. And I just really like when that kind of character is not just, you know, a creepy brooding asshole, but they're just, like, (laughs) someone who's socially awkward but is, you know, good at fighting.
0: He's like a murder savant.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) Anyway, even though he tells her to look away, she does not look away. No. No, she's staring right at it. Well, this is, well,
1: the fight, there's like three steps to the fight, like, with the Viacon sneaks up on him, and and then he has him on the ground, and at one point, Miko tries to help by bonking the Vehicon on the head with a large rock.
0: Yeah, she's like, oh, hold him there, I'll get him, and then hits him with a rock the size of a cantaloupe.
1: And then Bulkhead (laughs) just just sweeps her away, and the fight continues.
0: Yeah.
2: He's like, no.
1: (laughs) Poor
0: kid,
2: she just wants to try. (laughs)
0: Anyway, so, you know, this is getting a little grim. Let's uh, let's go to something more family-friendly. Uh, like Agent Fowler getting tortured.
2: Yeah, well, like, not, okay, not so we're three episodes is- in, and we've had a major character death, and now we have a human getting tortured by Decepticons.
0: And also a human witnessing grim robot death.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, too. It, it, there's grim
1: robot death, and, and then we go to Fowler being chained up and hung like a crucified Ultraman. It, it's... <laughs> This is so weird. And
2: it's acknowledged that the robot death is pretty grim. You know, it's not yeah. just like, yup, that sure was a robot getting eviscerated. Cool.
0: It's like, don't look at this, you'll be like scarred for life. <laughs> this unfathomable horror. Aww. But yeah, they they supposedly get like a prod, and it turns out that Energon doesn't mix too well with human nervous systems.
1: Yeah, we, we don't see that, what happens there, but like, Starscream's bringing the prod up towards Fowler's, well, donut belly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we hear noises
0: and, it, and that can't be good. Like, like, it, it's a good thing you don't like kids, Fowler. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. I, it's, but the, the lighting in the scene is great because it, it's like moody, bluish lighting coming from above, and smoke and, shafts of light Fowler just hung up there by chains and Starscream being evil and and Fowler keeps sassing back at Starscream
0: yes Yes. this is where he tells him to eat his star-spangled shorts
2: so yes to be fair there were a lot lower stakes in backing down from Bulkhead he actually needs to hold his ground, he's pretty good at it
0: so he, so Bulkhead radios in for RC. uh you know, they're all, come on, we we can deal with this. Cut to a long shot. They immediately swerve around to go back. What? And they radio into the base to tell them to, to bridge them in. But unfortunately, Jack and Raff have gone after Miko. Oh,
1: be- because of the chain of command. Like, Jack decides, ground bridge me over to tell Bulka that Miko followed him. So I also get in danger. Raff, you're in charge. Raph's in charge of what? And then they both go, um... You should've stayed behind, Raf. You were in command. Uh.
2: <laughs> you dis de- you destroyed the the command structure, you left. Such unruly teenagers. <laughs> both human and autobots. You're gonna be
1: court martialed in the highest highest transformer court and then I guess you're gonna be sent away into space to find people we haven't heard of in millions of years because that's a fitting punishment or uh you're going to be strapped
0: into the variable voltage harness
2: oh no (laughs) (laughs) not that
0: (laughs) it's from the uh from the bob Budiansky marvel comics it's like that torture device that i think they strap blaster into at some point
2: yeah Yeah, i um, think that's what grimlock uses on blaster
1: when grimlock's Grimlock's
0: the leader
2: yes he doesn't want to share being leader also he is a very bad leader
0: so they immediately attract the the attention of the Decepticon uh, guards but not before noting the deleterious effects of the ground bridge as they note that their bones are vibrating
2: (laughs) yeah just because humans can go through it doesn't mean they should or it's a good idea
0: it turns out it's a lot easier when you don't have bones
2: yeah and then, like, I think
1: one of the Viacons shouts at Jack? I think this is a Vehicon line?
0: Yes, because they can talk. They can talk. It's it's weird. Anyway, hey, meanwhile, in it? our third plot, uh Prime and Ratchet are kind of just wandering through this, like, desolate area. Robot Death Valley! Yep, and this is where we get the explanation that millions of years ago, when... The Autobots and Decepticons moved their energon caches off-world. The uh, the tra- the Autobots came to Earth and waged. Oh, I guess a- this this counts as a speech. Yeah, this is this <laughs> yes. speech fine. If you're if you're doing the speech count, this is where you have your drink.
2: Yes. <laughs> this is absolutely a speech.
0: And thus, a battle was waged in this spot, and the the fallen uh, Transformers <laughs> still remain here, waiting to be awoken by Megatron's dark energon. And dun, I think dun, it's dun. also here. Well, I where I will notice how much that I, how much I appreciate how Jeffrey Combs says "dark energy." <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's like he's telling a spooky ghost story.
1: <laughs> well, he doesn't have to try very hard. It's Jeffrey Combs. He's got a great voice for that.
0: And most of the movies he's in are spooky ghost stories.
2: Yes. Most like
0: of usually them. he'd just be saying this to Barbara Crampton.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway, so they they finally get to this graveyard, but Megatron uh got there first. That's and done. uh and now it is Thriller, Thriller night.
1: What? no, I I was thinking more of it's a Move Your Dead Bones, bones, bones.
0: I I don't get that. What's that from?
1: There's a reanimator song.
0: Oh, that, right? <laughs> from from like the, the, the third fourth? one with uh Chris Hemsworth's wife, Chris Hemsworth's wife in it.
1: It's the one in the prison, if it's third
0: or Right, the one in the prison. Members. Right, not the one with uh what's her name from Austin Powers, but the third one. Uh,
1: okay, I th- I thought that prison was a fourth one. Maybe
0: not. there isn't a fourth one.
1: I thought there was, or I was just so they surprised were, that the prison one happened that I was like, wait, what?
0: They were <laughs> going to make a fourth one where uh Herbert West gets brought in to like reanimate the president.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I and I, I think it was him. going to have
0: William H. Macy in it.
2: Oh.
0: It was like hail to the reanimator or something. A house of reanimator.
1: Oh, oh, right that—that's what I got confused. I with. think oh, William yeah. H
0: Macy was going to be like fake George W Bush.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you could polish up that script and do it again.
2: No. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know if you're getting William H Macy to do a reanimator movie, but you well, never no, you're
1: know. Not getting him, but you get Jeffrey
0: Combs again. He'd probably do. Well, a I mean, three. obviously. Yeah, he, why would you even bother doing a reanimator movie and well, are yes. not getting Jeffrey Combs? <laughs> Although apparently they are making a new reanimator movie.
2: What?
1: Uh, they're re- oh, they're going to reboot it, aren't they?
0: Yeah, it's called Herbert West Reanimator. And <sighs> uh, apparently Brad Dourif is in it.
1: Uh, c- can we also have the little Dourif?
0: Oh, Fiona Dourif, his weird gender swap daughter.
1: Yeah, look. Le- Screw it, let's just gender swap it. Make her her
0: Herbert West. That'd be perfect. What what's the what's yeah. the lady version of Herbert?
2: Uh, Herberta.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Hermione? <laughs> I don't know. Hermione West reanimator.
1: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we got derailed again.
0: Yeah, oh apparently. The yeah.
2: army
1: of dark Energon.
2: They're just all these robot zombies.
0: Yep. Yeah, and they Next are pretty two of my cool favorite looking things. robot zombies.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're built from generic parts, but in such a way that they seem individual. It's done. Like pretty they've mixed well. and
0: matched them.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, and like, made
1: them really disgusting and green slimy like they've rusted.
2: Yes. And then they're all glowing purple and growling and lurching and clanking and it's, it's great. I like it. I like robot yeah. zombies.
0: And Megatron's just all, you know, rise my army of darkness or whatever. Yes. (laughs)
2: The darkness, it's rising.
0: And indeed, it continues to rise because this is the end of episode three. Yes,
2: we've got two more parts. Two more rises. 44
0: minutes of rising darkness. Yeah. not, Not counting credits.
2: Till the darkness crescendos and reaches its peak, yes. and then presumably fades down.
0: Yeah, it's it's like high tide of darkness.
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: So that does it for this episode. I, you know, again, we get a. Uh, I, I think that bit with uh, Miko and Bulkhead is so far like sort of the sort of thesis statement of the series. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. We've got child endangerment. We've got torturing people. We've got got zombies. Robot zombies. We've got killing characters.
0: Got a probably deliberate references to Reanimator.
2: Yes. Well, you lean I, into I it I once feel, you cast. You know. I feel like there's there are things that are leading to things that will be big spoilers in much later episodes that are sort of getting seeded in.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, the the one thing about this show is that they definitely did have, like, a, a long-term plan that they're setting up for.
2: Yeah. And that's and always I think, nice.
0: Yes. I'll, I mean, you know, as much as I do enjoy the sort of seat-of-your-pants stuff of early X-Files, mm-hmm. that does eventually lead to late X-Files.
2: <laughs> yeah...
0: Although, hey, this uh, this new season has been pretty great. So I, hear-
2: mm-hmm. I have not mm-hmm. been watching it. It's, I'm a bad uh, person.
0: I mean, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying if you want to watch it, it's good. <laughs> anyway, so until next time, we are all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook.
2: And I think uh, David wanted to plug our individual mm-hmm. Twitter accounts at some point.
1: Oh, oh. right! I keep forgetting about that. Um, I'm at strange for
0: four spelled out.
2: I am at trickster and that is spelled T-R-I-X-T-E-R.
0: And I am at ruler boulon. R-U-L-E-R-B-U-L-O-N. It's a, an ancient in-joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> As many things are. Yeah. Uh, and we are hosted on IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help us with hosting fees and other costs. That is at Patreon.com slash IaconUnderground.
0: And just one slim dollar a month will give you access to a monthly bonus episode and our library of previous bonus episodes. Yes. Uh, this past month, uh, we did Black Panther, and by the time you listen to this, it's entirely possible... That, uh, you will have a bonus episode about kimono friends. We're returning to, uh, uh, the land of weirdness or whatever that's happening in. Welcome
1: to Japari
2: Park.
0: Japari Park, that's it. We, I haven't, we once I haven't more,
2: successfully bee. talked them into, uh, Miss Kobayashi's dragon maid yet.
0: That's, that's uh, like, that's like advanced level stuff.
2: I guess.
1: I'm, I'm not sure how related that can be to robots.
2: I mean, it's all pretty gay.
0: I mean, uh, uh, trust me, soon we will be kimono enemies once more. (laughs) Hmm. But until then, I'm Rob.
2: I'm Jen. And
0: I'm David.